Queerly Beloved. We are gathered here today for some juicy conversations about all things spiritually queer and queerly spiritual. I'm Will Fisher, and I'm a light worker, a retreat-making maven, a coach, and a drag queen. And I'll be chatting with the most amazing healers, visionaries, wizards, and witches who I can't wait for you to get to know and to learn from their epic stories and powerful practices. All right, let's get super woo together in this spiritual AF, queer AF cosmic container. And blast off. Hello, beloveds. In this latest episode, I speak with my dear friend, Craig Cullinane, who just finished serving as the director of the Body Electric School for the past four years and has served on the Body Electric faculty for more than 10 years. For those who don't know, the Body Electric is a school offering experiences grounded in the erotic and the integration with the sacred to foster transformative, personal, relational, and communal healing. So as a coach, Craig supports his clients in centering their most treasured desires with simple habits that translate into real results. And in this interview, we discuss the mission and history of Body Electric. I share about my experience with this with tantric work and the powerful healing that I've experienced through that work. We talk about the queer ecstatic path and the inherent queerness of connecting with God by experiencing pleasure in our bodies. We compare notes on our gratitude practices and Craig shares about the simple practice that has changed his life. We also dig deep around the concept of the only way out is through and how important it is is to stay with negative emotions even when they feel terrible, that only by moving through them can we learn from them and alchemize them. Craig highlights that with a story about experiencing shame, breathing through it, and allowing it to run its course. One last note, you'll notice Craig makes an offering that has already passed. I'm afraid my recording interview queue has gotten long, so I apologize for that. But check out the show notes and you can find current offerings. Now check out this free-flowing interview full of wisdom. Enjoy. Hello, Craig. Welcome to Queerly Beloved. How are you? Thank you so much, Will. I'm great. I'm so happy to be with you today. Yay, I am too. Super excited to have this conversation and super excited about the ways our paths are crossing right now. Mm -hmm. I just joined Craig's group coaching class, uh, which started, was that just yesterday or two days ago? Yeah. Yep. And uh, just super excited to be working with you in that capacity and now Thank interviewing you for the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're a part of that. And um, I'm so happy to be here with you and love it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. So I like to start off all my interviews with the same question, which is who are you in this moment? But tell me by describing the perfect drag avatar that embodies that. <laughs> who am I in this moment and describe the perfect drag avatar mm -hmm. and you can take okay. a moment you know breathe into it just check out <sighs> who God, are you in this body on this okay body. I'm just gonna like stream of consciousness this right now I think it's a, an amalgam of several inner drag identities mm -hmm. last summer this drag persona emerged from my consciousness I call her Rancha Mm, she's just super her. sexy and slutty and like a performer and just you know wears skirts as tops and nothing else and just is like really you know just sexy and vibrant and in her body and sensual and so she's kind of emerging but you know what i'm personally right now i'm in a moment in my life where 
I'm really kind of deepening into an experience of more meditation and solitude and, and, uh, you know, wintertime going deep within. And so it's kind of like Rancha meets the flying nun or something like nun wings, like super like sacred, maybe like a long blue gown underneath it is like super slutty. I don't know. Like, um, maybe like a Madonna thing, circa blonde ambition. I don't know. Um, so I, I think that I, I feel a real natural vibrancy of my body and my sensuality, but I'm also feeling an awakening of the sacred. Mm. And so whatever that, you know, whatever that outfit looks like, kind of, you know, the Virgin of Guadalupe meets like, I don't know, uh, Raquel Welch in that crazy, like dinosaur movie from the seventies. <laughs> oh, I love it. I yeah. Love the dichotomy yeah. of it. And I, you know, and we're going to talk about that, that erotic, meets the sacred so it's perfect mm-hmm. that she's yeah. showing up in this way <laughs> and i'll just share um for me my drag avatar today is this like fit and firm yoga bitch she's like so I've been going to i've gotten really hooked on hot community yoga and like mm-hmm. hot pilates and i'm going like every day and all morning i've been feeling myself like tightening my stomach like all day mm-hmm. i'm like really feeling my stomach and like breathing through my stomach mm-hmm. and I just so in my in my drag avatar I'm just like doing back bends like as I walk mm-hmm. through the, I'm like walking through the room in back bends you know I'm like I'm like in this little crop top and I have this little pony and I love it. feeling my body and feeling proud and empowered in my body <laughs> um so yeah Wil- that's, that's Wilma Kananda <laughs> I see her. She's beautiful. Love <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so, so yeah, let's get into it. You know, we already started with this piece around this, the sacred and the, the sexual, you know, the erotic. And I know that you, you know, recently ended your role with the body electric school and I recently took my first body electric workshop in Palm Springs, which was yeah. a long time coming. Everyone mm-hmm. at Eastern Mountain was always like, I can't believe you've never taken that work. <laughs> Finally made it happen over here on the West Coast. Um, had a tremendous experience. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, why don't we just start there? I'd love to hear mm-hmm. about your relationship to body electric. Actually, maybe we'll dial it back a little bit. Some folks are probably hearing body electric. Yeah. And don't even know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. No, a body electric is um, is a beautiful gift to the world. Mm. Body electric is an organization that has been offering experiences of conscious eroticism mm. since 1984. It was birthed in the Oakland, uh, San Francisco area by a man named Joseph Kramer, who's still cooking, kicking in the world, offering his love, and um, kind of was born out of the. Um, real decimation of the gay male, queer male community in San Francisco at the time with AIDS. Mm-hmm. And he was experimenting with creating exper- creating spaces where at the time, mostly queer men, gay men could come in to have spaces where they could learn how to practice giving and receiving erotic massage in a really safe high container, not only kind of emotionally, but hygienically in terms of the AIDS epidemic. 
And from that, those experiments, it evolved a workshop that still is running and has been running continuously since 1984 called Celebrating the Body Erotic, which is the one that you did in Palm Springs. And, and that's kind of our signature introductory experience. And it's about, it's kind of like the most evolved, most wonderful, conscious, erotic education that you never had. Mm. It's a place where people come together to... Um, get in touch with their bodies, activate and get in relationship with pleasure, their relationship with pleasure. Like how does pleasure live in my body? How does it live in my life? Like what are all the ways that I block it or I don't even welcome it because of the shame stories and the sort of relationship that we have with with, with erotic pleasure in our lives, building skill about how to pleasure ourselves and other people, um, using breath work, using conscious touch to awaken into our lives, to to activate our life force energy, our erotic energy as a source of aliveness and healing and transformation. And to do it with a community of other seekers where we feel held and seen, where we can experiment and practice being the best parts of ourselves. Mm. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it's not just for men. I mean, there's many workshops that are just for men. There's also workshops for women. There's workshops for all genders. There's all these different kinds of opportunities to be a part of it. Yeah. And so I've been a teacher for the school for about 10 years. So it's been a real gift in my life. I still am a teacher for Body Electric. I, I, I go and I teach these weekend workshops. I do, you know, intensive week long experiences. Um, it's informed so much in my life about what is sacred to me? What's my relationship with my body, healing body, shame. Um, what's the dance between the sacred and the erotic, uh, certainly being in very beautiful intentional community. And yeah, and I had the great honor of being able to serve as the executive director for the last three and a half, four years, Mm -hmm. which has been incredible. We transitioned it into a not-for-profit organization. We trained our next generation of teachers. We, launched our online experience, which, which was as a result of COVID because, you know, our entire business model left like many people when COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so I, you know, I'm still teaching for the school. I'm still running our podcast, the erotic liberation podcast. So body electrics in my bones, it's in my blood. I love it with all my heart. Um, I, I, I encourage everybody to check it out. Um, it's, it's, it's medicine for the world. It's medicine for people, it's for, for communities. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, beautiful. And thank you for your service. Thank you for, you know, holding that light uh, aflame and being that medicine alive in a good way and yes. and supporting that medicine in its evolution in a good mm. way. Because um, it is so healing to so many. And so when you think about your 10 years as a teacher, I'm curious, what are some of the things you've observed with that medicine and what ways yeah. have you seen it support people in their lives? Gosh. I think a lot of ways, I think going to a body electric workshop takes courage, you know, it's, you know, going and saying, I'm going to go to a workshop where I'm going to be, you know, naked with other people or I'm going to, offer my, you know, I'm going to offer touch to others. I'm going to receive touch from others. It can bring up obviously a lot of people, everybody, you know, has their own journey of getting in the door, but it's kind of an initiation into our own bodies. I've seen people, 
I mean, many, many, many people benchmark their lives at that moment of when they've done their body electric workshop because it's such a profound experience of personal healing. Mm. People report, and I've experienced the, the beginning of the shedding and healing of body shame, mm. just so profound and so pervasive. People talk about connecting with their spiritual lives, having very profound spiritual experiences through the portal of their bodies, through the work we do with breath work, which is, you know, breath work is a, a tool that humans have been using to access different states of consciousness since humans have been gathering mm-hmm. and it's still alive. And that's a big part of body electric. Um, people find their, what they call their tribe. They find their community where they feel met and seen. You know, many people you know, we're born into families where it's like, how did I get here? You know, but then, you know, finding a group of people that you're met, where you're seen, where you're welcomed as you are, just as you are. That's one thing I love about Body Electric is that we welcome and embrace people as they are. And I always say that when I teach, I'm like, you know, all parts of yourself are welcome here. Your mess, your glory, your wounds, the parts of you that you want to develop, And at the end of the workshop, I always say to people, you know, maybe you'll come back to Body Electric, maybe you won't. But forevermore, for the rest of your life, you are a part of this community if you want to be. Mm, And I think that's important for people to have that. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's, it's changed people's lives deeply in many ways I've seen over time. And um, I've witnessed such courage. I've witnessed such vulnerability and intimacy. I've witnessed people awakening the parts of themselves that are most meaningful. How, how can I be intimate with myself? I shouldn't say this because we had kind of like the teachers kind of have a secret little goal, which is we want to seduce people to fall in love with themselves. Mm, I love that. How can I be willing and give myself permission to actually remember the truth of my goodness, my inherent value? And delight in myself. Yes. Delight in myself, not as an ego trip, mm-hmm. but as a genuine recognition of our own goodness and magnificence. Mm-hmm. And then how does that inform relationships, family, partnerships, creativity, work? Mm-hmm. It emanates out to every part of our lives. And I personally believe that that medicine is not only powerful for people and relationships, but for the earth. When we tap our love energy and we share it, we can't begin to know how that impacts the healing of the world. Mm-hmm. I believe it does, though. <clears throat> yes, I love that. And, you know, as, as you share that, this piece around falling in love with yourself and delighting in yourself, it occurs to me that so many of the paths of self-growth and and spiritual development that that is really the aim right it's to support people to tap into this love right and and often yes. love of self and it's self as love right it's it's yes. really experiencing yourself as love and a, a lot of that is through remembering to love ourselves and we can do that through many different modalities, right? We can do that through uh, talk therapy where we start to understand where some of our 
our traumas, you know, the impact of some of our traumas and we start to have more compassion for ourselves and we start to release some of that stuff. You know, we could, we can do it through plant medicines where we sort of, our, our minds are sort of blown open and suddenly we realize the light within and we start to, you know, love ourselves and love shining that light. There's so yes. many different modalities. And what I'm present to is that with body electric, it's very much through a physical embodied experience. And mm-hmm. that feels especially important for us queer folks who, yes. you know, from a very young age have had to contend with these urges within us that society has told us are wrong or bad and the shame and guilt that comes with that to, to suddenly, you know, have this experience growing up of, Oh, my body wants this and that's not what it's supposed to want. right? Right. And so for us to then be in a space where we are held to feel safe, to completely embrace all of this body and all of its desires is such a healing experience. And for me, I just did body electric for the first time, uh, but my tantric path started much yeah. earlier. It was actually the first workshop I ever did at Easton when I was um, mid thirties. Um, I'd worked with Ian Ellington and oh, yeah. it was such a game changer for me, you know, to be in that space mm-hmm. and to, fully embrace my sexiness, you know, as a, yes, as a yes. thin person. Like I had some mm-hmm. hangups around being thin and yeah. not sort of matching the, the, the homonormative like Chelsea body type and yes. to, to be able to find my erotic self and really connect with my erotic energy and desire in a way that was free of shame was so healing for me and yes. ultimately also became a beautiful access point to, to spirit, to source, you know, the, the work that I did that weekend and in other tantric workshops. And now on my private practice, I do quite a lot of tantric work in my private practice is so exciting and fun and yes. just thrilling this experience of connecting to source through our bodies. And it's very clear, you know? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. Um, I think one thing I love about queer folk is on some level, the unabashed naming that it's okay to feel good and have pleasure. Mm, Yes. That is so liberating. And in some ways, very queer as kind of like a, uh, 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 an answer or a response to the, uh, the the collective shame system we're in from religion and from culture. The queer people are like, no, baby, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to dance and I'm going to get like, you know, I'm going to go to this party and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dance and I'm going to get ecstatic. The queer ecstatic path mm-hmm. where, you know, the archetype of queer people who are the pushers of the envelope or who go and explore things and then bring it back to the culture and say, it's okay. Come on. It's okay to dance and be ecstatic. It's okay to love sex and feel great in our bodies. Mm. It's actually a pathway to God, yes. not a hindrance. Yes. And the old story is not the truth, right? That's so it. come check it out. Yes. Come with us. Come play with us. I remember Ian, I, I remember exactly where I was sitting in the temple when Ian shared that this is a path to 
connection to source. It's not the yes. only path. There's many different ways that you can connect with source. But this one is a path that involves a lot of pleasure and fun. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that that works for me. I think I'm going to follow yeah. this path. We all know what it feels like to suffer. And we all have suffering. And, you know, the Buddha talks about that. Like life in some ways can be suffering. And we all have that experience as we walk through this planet, as experience as an embodied person on the planet. It's like, you know, okay, yeah, but let's have some balance here. I can have pleasure. I can, I can grow from pleasure. I can evolve spiritually through feeling better, feeling good. But one thing I love about, and, and again, it's not just body electric, but the Tantra work you're talking about is, and this is just my evolving sense of what I think is happening. And I'm, and this is just from my own experience. I now believe and feel an experience that really deep within me is this love energy. It's a part of my body. It's a part of my consciousness. It lives in me now. It's beautiful and it's powerful. And what surrounds it is the, are the thoughts and the suffering and the fear and the stories. It kind of shrouds that power, that energy source. And so when I suffer and when I, uh, you know, I'm going through really hard times and all this stuff. It's kind of like the answer isn't to like go somewhere and get something and bring it in. The answer is to actually tap that love energy inside of myself and let it grow, let it expand with pleasure, with my breath, with these techniques. And it kind of begins to melt some of those stories or shame that surrounds it. It begins to fall away and almost kind of like a beautiful meaty uh, sun that's shrouded by a mantle of earth and core. It begins shooting light through mm. all, of, uh, all of the stories we hold in our bodies, the programming we're beholden to. Uh, and, and it's so wonderful to remember and get in touch with the fact that actually this energy is inside of me. It's my birthright. It's mine. And I can tap it and yep. raise it, spread it in my life in a way that serves me and serves the world. And serves the world. Yeah. And inside and out, inside yeah. out. The it's tantra principle as within, so without, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's alchemy, you know, it's yes. what you just described. It's alchemy. It's, it's you using this, energy to to shift other energies and yeah. to, to transform um our experience of of ourselves and of the world and i love what you said about you your perspective on it healing the, the earth and what occurs to me there is that this is our home right our our body is yes. our home like it's where our soul resides and, and when we are giving it loving attention, um, we are supporting this home and the earth is our other home, right? And so I feel like there's some kind of mirroring or parallel things yes. happening energetically when we are fully loving on this body. It is also supporting the, the love and nurturing of this earth, earth body yes. that we live on. This matrix of energy we live in. Mm -hmm. I agree entirely. Yeah. So good. I saw this t-shirt one time, but I actually sunfire at Easton. He has this beautiful t-shirt from Body Electric from years and years ago. And on the back of it, it says something like, when we give ourselves permission to feel pleasure, the whole universe feels pleasure too. Mm, yes. And in that way, it's service. 
Yes. Ooh, that's so good. Yeah. More of that, please. <laughs> and actually, I like that as a segue to to gratitude. You know, mm-hmm. as, as a as a practice, because this piece around where we focus our energy is what grows, right? And so, if we focus on pleasure, pleasure grows for us, and pleasure grows for those around us, and pleasure grows for the planet, right? For yeah. the, for, for the world. Um, and and I know that gratitude practice is something that's important to you. And so, yes. share a little bit about that. Yeah. I've been doing a gratitude list every morning since the beginning of 2022. So a little bit over like a year and a month. And um, I can honestly say that it's changed my life. Mm. It's a simple and profound practice. And again, I think the, the, the principles of it are number one, where we choose to put our attention grows. Mm-hmm. And one of the only things I have any agency over in this maelstrom of life on earth is where I choose to put my attention right now. And that's a practice. That's something we can hone and get better at. And it's not easy. There's all kinds of ways that people have difficulty with that. And, you know, so, you know, just to acknowledge that, but for me, what, ha- what I do is I, every morning I make the list of 10 things I'm grateful for. I write it out. I say, I am grateful for this. I am grateful for this. And then I, I do it. And then I go back again and I, and I read it out loud and I say like, I am grateful for my home. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I say thank you three times and I say it out loud. And the point of all of it is to awaken the feeling of gratitude and appreciation in my heart space. That's why I do it. Because for me, when I'm awakening the feeling of that love energy, that's, what, that's my language for it. That's how I experience it. When I'm awakening and kindling like a fire, that gratitude and appreciation energy in my heart, and I let myself breathe into it, let it grow like air touches a fire, that feeling of love, that feeling of appreciation and gratitude. It does things for my life. Mm. Number one, it informs how I walk in the world. How I live in my body, I feel more alive. I feel more relaxed. I feel more nourished. I feel more positive. And look, it is really easy in this crazy world we live in to get hooked into all of the drama and toxicity and negativity. I'm doing personally right now a, cl- a cleanse of um, news oh, wow. because that shit is toxic. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole capitalist thing about hooking you into the drama and the and the and the and the negativity of it to sell things. And it's really challenging how humans are sharing this earth right now. It's, it's, you know, and it's, it's very easy to get hooked into it's all terrible and awful. And so, you know, the question is like, who am I if I'm walking in the world with a story of it's all terrible and awful? Mm -hmm. And who am I if I'm walking in the world with a sense of appreciation? Mm -hmm. We turn our attention on grows. There are, I can, I can look at my life and say, okay, like, look, things can be really bad, but boy, like I have a home, I have food today. I have someone who's willing to listen to me. We can find sources of appreciation. And the more we do that, the more that comes to us, the more that magnetizes, the more that becomes an attractive energetic force that creates our life as within, so without. Mm, yeah. So for me, like gratitude practice is essential. It's an essential morning practice for me. I would never give it up. Mm. It's, it's simple and beautiful and uh, life-changing. In what ways do you think it has changed your life, just doing it for the past year or so? 
I feel less anxiety. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. I've been through some real, I've been in some real transition in my life in the last year in terms of, you know, wrapping up body electric, moving out on my own, my own coaching practice, that transition money. I just bought a house. Like I've noticed that I'm less hooked into the fear story. Mm-hmm. I, it, it pops up and, you know, it has its moments, but I'm not getting hooked. Mm-hmm. I'm walking in the world with more of a fundamental sense of all is well. Mm-hmm. That is really a different way of walking in the world for me from like five, 10 years ago where I was just more anxious about life. Yeah. And it, it's, 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 so it's like, there's a restorative energy to it. All is well. I find things come to me more easily. Yeah. I find, I find that I'm feeling more pleasure. I'm enjoying things more. I'm giving myself permission to do the things I want to be doing. Mm. I'm letting go of stories of like, do you know, I have to do this or mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, uh, and I, and I do believe it's magnetizing to my life, the things that I want to be creating. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. I really resonate with that. And I have my own gratitude practice, which is a little, mm. it's a little um, more, yeah, it's it's a little more random, I would call it. Um, yeah. you know, I definitely pray in the morning and and thank spirit for for things, and I pray at night before I go to bed. Um, there's some gratitude practice in that, you know, alone. Um, but then throughout my day, and then I I pray before meals, so there's gratitude practice there. But then throughout my day, um, whenever I see angel numbers, like when it's three thirty three or 222 oh. or whatever, which happens yeah. to be quite frequently. I'd say like three or four times a day often. Um wow. just randomly I'll see it. And I think it's happening more and more because of this practice. But whenever I see one of those, I stop whatever I'm doing. I mean, unless I'm like coaching someone, but generally I, <laughs> I, I just stop whatever I'm doing and I I get present to what I'm grateful for in that moment. And my newest, my newer rule is that I, I do it for at least one minute. And so I'm not going to look at the clock. Like I'm not going to stop until one minute has gone by. And so I just sit there in gratitude and I notice all the things that I'm grateful for in that moment. And you know, what it, it, it does for me is, as you were saying, is it, it gets me really present to life. It, 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 it increases my aliveness right? Yes. It helps me just be present to being alive in this body on this planet at this time and all this the moment. miracles that are associated with that, right? Yes. There are so many miracles in every moment that many of us take for granted, or I'll speak for myself. I take for granted all the time because I'm moving through the world. I'm moving through my life, trying to get things done and trying to create. And I don't, acknowledge all the miracles, all the wonder, all the blessings that are present all the time. And so that gratitude practice for me helps check that and helps me remember and be present to, yeah, to the miracles, to the blessings, to the wonder. Yeah. I would call that a sacred pause. It's Mm, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It reminds me when you're sharing about that wonderful scene from the color purple, you know, that film. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that movie. And um, there's a scene towards the end when Miss Seely and Sugar walk into through this field of flowers mm. and they're having this conversation. And um, 
Suge says something like, I think it pisses God off when you walk through a field of purple flowers and you don't notice it. Mm, Cecilia says, are you saying that God is vain? And she says, no, just everything wants to be loved. Everything wants and desires acknowledgement and appreciation. Mm. If we can offer that, wow, what a gift to ourselves and the world. Mm. I love it. And I think, I think, you know, what I appreciate about what you said too is, you know, everybody talks about slowing down and, and awareness, but just present moment awareness, like what's happening in my body right now? Like what's happening in my life? Like, you know, again, you know, capitalist culture, American culture, uh, you know, the, the distraction culture. I saw, I was watching something, talking about distraction. I was watching something yesterday and, and, and this one character on the show said something like, um, I have spent my entire life in intentional distraction. And he kind of said it jokingly. And I felt so sad for that person, mm. you know, but um, yeah, it's like, there's this, uh, I love the, that, that book, uh, The Power of Now, of course, with Eckhart Tolle. And there's, I don't remember a single thing from that book, except for he talks about like, you know, well, if you, if you went up to a cow in a pasture and you asked it what time it is, it would say, why it's now, of course. and it's like can i befriend the now can i be in my body can i be where i am Mm -hmm. that's radical and revolutionary for our time now yeah and you're so right that the paradigm as it is for many folks is a paradigm of distraction it's the opposite of that it's how do i avoid being present with my life and its circumstances, I'm going to be scrolling. I'm going to be, you know, binge watching. I'm going to be, you know, eating unhealthy food. I'm going to do anything I can to avoid just being present with what is. And it's so unfortunate because when we're able to move past the trauma and and move into a state of healing and self-love, then we can be present with what is as a miracle, right? Yes. There is so much to be grateful for and to be present to that is the joy of life and the joy of being ourselves in this life. And the distraction thing is such a racket Mm -hmm. because the truth is, I, well, maybe I should, you know, I I have noticed Mm -hmm. that the only way out is through I can spend all day long distracting myself, but that's not going to take away my, the pain of the suffering or the, my wounds or the trauma I feel. The only way, a way to imagine healing is, have, is learning and having the capacity and practicing staying with my feelings. Yeah. That's not easy. We're not trained for that. Mm-hmm. And that requires training. Mm-hmm. How do I stay here? with something that feels terrible. Mm. But the thing is that if we do it, if we learn to do it, if we can breathe into it, if we can stay with it, the emotional grief, whatever is feeling, whatever's alive for us, mm-hmm. then it transmutes, that alchemy happens. Then it has the space and the attention it needs to actually heal and go away and, and, and not be present in the system anymore. 
like in like a thought, like a cloud, you know, like when I really give my feelings attention, even if they're painful, mm-hmm. that is the way to release them and come through it. Mm-hmm. And there's all this wisdom and all of this capacity and all this empathy that gets stimulated when we show up for our own pain. Because mm. then maybe we can show up for the pain of another in service to them and in love. Because mm-hmm. we know what it means to do that. Yeah. And we know that we will survive it. And that yes. we will survive it. And that there's resilience fight and love on the other side of it. And it is yeah. a courageous act. But the more that we step into that courageous act, the more our nervous system learns that, yes, it is actually safe to be with this terrible, terrible, uncomfortable mm. thing. Yeah, I was at a body electric uh, workshop one time a couple of years ago. And of course I've been, I've done so many body electric workshops as a participant, as a teacher, but I went to an all genders mm-hmm. body electric. So it was just all bodies, women, men, trans folk, all folks, non-binary folks. And I had never shared erotic space in my life with people with vulvas, you know, women, body, people, people with, you know, vulvas. And it was an edge for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was nervous and it was interesting because I was like the director of the school and I was like, I feel like I'm going to my first body electric workshop. Yeah, right? sure. And we did this one experience and I had the most profound, deep bodied internal trigger of shame completely mm. get activated in my body and my system. It was so powerful. I was at Easton Mountain. I went down into like the bathroom, like the women's bathroom or whatever, the women's bathroom down there. And I was sitting in a stall and I was so totally in this deep shame in my body that I was like, I have to leave. Wow. And I was like, I can't leave. I'm the freaking director of the school. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. So I went upstairs into the main room and I sat on the couch and I was like, okay. I know how to just show up for this. So I just sat in and meditated and I breathed and I just kept breathing into the feeling, into the pain, into the shame I was experiencing. And I breathed and I breathed and I stayed with it and I stayed with it. And it felt like by doing that, this energy field of toxicity was just moving through my system. Wow. And I allowed it to just run its course. And it was, it it felt like a profound healing. Mm -hmm. It felt like something in me needed to get unearthed and move. Yep. Yep. You know, and it was just like, okay, this is, and, you know, the, the, the hard part of it is that the, you know, the price of the, of of it moving through you is that you have to feel it. Yep. Mm -hmm. There's no avoiding it. Mm -hmm. And how do we have the courage and practice the resiliency that we need to stay with those deep, painful things? Yeah, and I love you pointing out that breath was sort of its mm, it, yeah. its, its train, right? Its its uh, its mode of transportation was breath to, to release it, and then we also work with breath to welcome in, right? Welcome in that gratitude, welcome in that pleasure, right? That breath as this mode of transportation for creating the space for emotions, energy, and motion to move. Um, yes. The other thing that occurred to me as you were sharing is that we both share this theater background and I wonder if, you know, our background with theater has primed both of us and other thespians um, to do this work because Mm -hmm. of the time that we spend 
addressing and experimenting with and exploring emotions, you know, in theater work, but generally emotions with an aesthetic distance because we're working with characters and scripts. Um, I wonder if that resonates with you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think theater is such a profound ritual. Mm -hmm. I think it gives us many things if we participate in it. Like you just said, like having the capacity not only to be embodied, to be in a body, being in space on a stage with other people, that in, in itself is an embodied thing. And of course, all of the things that you get to do with theater, like improv and physical exercises and using your body as an instrument and all that training that happens, you know, is a, is a way to be with the body. Mm-hmm. I think there was something you said earlier about the plant medicine, which I found interesting, which is like giving yourself the opportunity to step out of the bubble of yourself and see something bigger. Yes. See, witness yourself. And of course, true, like developing a character, like, oh, how would I ex- experience this if this was happening to me? Mm-hmm. How would another person? Mm-hmm. That natural empathy that evolves when you say like, okay, maybe that's not how, I, I, this, is, this character is not me. Mm-hmm. But how would I feel if this happened to me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what is it like for others? And it just sort of opens up this natural curiosity about the experience of other people, which, you know, I think more than anything, curiosity, curiosity for ourselves, but curiosity for the experience of other people is such a bridge. Oh, yeah. To connection, healing, and yeah, especially when we talk about like, you know, social justice and uh, being, being genuinely and truly inspired and curious about like how, how is someone else's experience as they walk in the world? Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever I'm working with someone who has a big problem with someone else, right? A conflict or confrontation mm-hmm. uh, emerging, they, you know, I, I sometimes like to see myself as a, as a doctor who like says like, take two of these and call me in the morning. Right. And so what I prescribe mm-hmm. often in those situations is curiosity and compassion like that. Yeah is the that's what i've found is the most uh powerful impactful medicine for conflict is if you can be with that person with curiosity and compassion it can optimize that relationship and i agree that you know that that's one of the things that we uh, as theater folks have have learned to to step into Uh, you know as we are playing a different character we are we need to be curious about them and we need to be compassionate for them because everyone believes they're the hero in their own story, right? Even if we're playing it yeah. and, and same as we w- move through this world, like this person might seem like pure evil, but in their head, they're a hero that they're, you know, they're doing what is right and, and, and best in the world for them in their situation and circumstance. Well, I think also as queer folk growing up, we just naturally started playing parts that weren't our authentic selves. Mm-hmm. We had to as a survival technique yeah. and it wasn't even conscious. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to play a part mm-hmm. to survive. And maybe in some ways that's why so many, you know, queer folk love theater because it's kind of a natural progression from that survival technique, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I love what you said about compassion and curiosity. I also want to throw into that little cauldron. Mm. 
how can I soften up? How can I welcome gentleness? Yeah. Can I get softer and more gentle about this story I have for another person, this conflict I'm in? That can be a source of create a little spaciousness around it. You know, we get so ingrained in our stories. Totally. Yeah, I'll add that. I'll add that to my prescription. (laughs) (laughs) Gentleness. Yeah. And, you know, this piece around queer people um, playing other roles, it's, it's interesting then how this work that we speak of this, this body electric work or the plant medicine work, these other modalities um, are really about learning to play yourself, right? Learning to like come back into the truth of who you are and to express that truth in this aligned and authentic way. And that we are able to do that best when we connect with that self-love because we know that our intentions and our expression is pure and true and, and love itself, right? And so it is sweet how with queer spirituality, um, the work is about coming back to ourselves and playing this role that we were meant to play, that, that, that God, that source, that creator gave yeah, us. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's kind of like, oh, wow, how fun can this life be if I actually just decided that it's okay to like what I like? Yeah. To play, you know, to remember playfulness, to remember fun. Like, what's fun? Like, sometimes I feel like with my clients, I'm kind of like, can you just like tell me like five things that you've experienced that are fun? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people have a really hard time with that. Mm-hmm. What's fun? What do I do that's fun? I've been doing, like, what's fun for me is, like, I love, I'm in this house. I live alone. I love putting on boogie dance music and just getting down. Uh I love it. I do it every day now. Every morning, I totally get down and I boogie. And it's so fun because I love to dance, you know, and I never go out dancing. Uh You know, and that would be fun, too. But, like, I'm just like, you know, I I don't need all that. I can just boogie right here. And it is so fun. I love it. Love that is an invitation to me, and I hope my listeners to maybe <laughs> after this podcast is over, put on some boogie music, ask Alexa yes. to play something, some dance music, and just like get it Listen, on. Yeah, that is a wonderful. That's medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good queer medicine. Um, cool. Well, as we wrap up, because I, I love that invitation and now I'm, I'm excited to do it myself and, and, uh, for others to do it as well, to embrace that fun, to focus on, you know, again, where we put our attention grows, you know, who doesn't want more fun in their life? Who doesn't want more pleasure in their life? Who doesn't want more gratitude in their life? Absolutely. Um, Anything else you want to, you want to share with the listeners, any other final invitations or, or. Yeah, I'm doing a really fun, wonderful three session online workshop I've created in March. It's the 15th, 22nd, 29th, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern three session series that I'm calling Awaken Your Inner Sexy Man. Hey, (laughs) And it's like, gosh, you know, I have this sexiness inside of me, the way I'm an erotic being, the way I'm a sexy man. What happens if I like tap that and woke it up and made it available? Who would I be if I walked in the world connected to my sexiness? What does that mean to me? What are the stories that I have that keep me from it? What do I think is really sexy about my body? Mm-hmm. Myself. 
what do I find sexy in others? So it's about awaken sexy energy and see how that informs how you walk in the world and your aliveness and then do it in this community of the people in the class that are also doing it. So it's just like a real infusion of like joy, sexy energy for folk. So it's Awaken Your Inner Sexy Man, three sessions in March. And you can check it out on my website, craigcullinane.com. I'm going to spell that, okay? Sure, go for com, And, you know, check out Body Electric. It's the it's wonderful and um, yeah, I like like you um, like you will. I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm an embodiment coach. Um, you can also get in touch with me at craigcullinane.com. So, can I ask you a question as we wrap up? Yeah, sure. And just a quick note: I'll have yeah. some stuff in the show notes. I'll put some links oh, so folks can find it there as well. Yeah, ask me. I'm gonna ask you a question. You don't have to answer if it's not comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. What about yourself? Do you find sexy? Ooh, um, <laughs> well, as I mentioned, like in this like yoga, yoga drag avatar, like my, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't have like a full on like six pack right now, but I'm like feeling my, a presence to my abs. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that image, like I'm wearing a crop top. And so, yeah, I find my, my, my mid section <laughs> sexy, you know, and I've got these, like, I've got the elements tattooed on my sides mm-hmm. and like, Ooh. so this part of me is like, yeah, one of the things I find sexy. Thanks. For super sexy. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was so much fun, Craig. I appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time. And Thank yeah, we, we, we bounced around and covered so much. And it was Beautiful. such a joy. So thank you. Thank you so much, Will. Joy being with you. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that interview, folks. I'm actually recording this note from New York City, or else you'll be heading to the Gay Coaches Conference that Craig is actually attending as well. If you're interested in hearing more about my coaching or Craig's, remember to go to the show notes to find links to our websites. Please also consider following or subscribing to this podcast, maybe sharing it with a friend if you enjoyed it. Much love. Oh my goddess, beloveds, what a joy it was to be with you today. Let's hang out again soon, okay? Sending so much love and light your way today and every day. Until next time, peace.